0: One, 5. Three, nine, seven, one. Welcome to this episode of Lights in the Sky Podcast, casual chat about uncasual things. Um, we're calling it tentatively episode 11 however this is one of our banked episodes yeah welcome to the banked series of lits <laughs> i'm luke tony and we're we're i say we're back but we've probably been back for a couple of weeks by the time people hear this back at uh, your house rather than at your parents that's right yeah, yeah. so back in the squeaky chair yeah, you
1: looked a bit curious and you said, look back to my house, not your parents'. Like, this is not my parents' house. Is that, yeah, got that one right.
0: Yeah, we're back. But I think by the time people hear this, there would have been two more under the, under their belt as a listener. That's right, yeah. yeah.
1: So we've just thrown episode
0: eight out to the masses. Yep. And,
1: uh, and here's gotten, episode 11. Yeah, episode 11, yeah. <laughs> At
0: least we've kept this nice and clear cut for our first jump in here. Um, Okay. So, so effectively,
1: you... we're coming to you from the past, but we're broadcasting in the future. Yes. Wow. <laughs>
0: Let's all stop for
1: 10 minutes and think about that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, anything paranormal happened to you since our last pod? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I just I was thinking, um, I was
1: leaving after my mountain hike yesterday. Yeah. I took my sunglasses off. Put them on the roof of the car. <laughs> got in the car, started driving. was like, oh, where's my sunglasses? Looked, sort of stopped, looked around. was like, well, I think I put them on the roof of the car and got out and thankfully they were still on the roof of the car. Oh, really? So, yeah.
0: It's hardly paranormal.
1: Uh, no, not paranormal, just more like I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I managed to save my sunglasses.
0: Awesome. So that's it. That's what I've got. You? Um, no. No. I, I went to, um, on the way home last night, stopped to see the southern lights to see if i could see the southern lights i couldn't (laughs) um but i could see um it was one of those like i haven't seen it for ages where you go well away from any light pollution and you can look up and you can see the plane of the milky way and Mm. and you know the night sky um didn't see anything paranormal i don't think but there were lots of lights there in the was sky, a, there, there, there was a uh what i assume is a satellite right moving around so normal rather than paranormal <clears throat> <laughs> you could still say that's an
1: unidentified flying object because you yeah, couldn't identify exactly. i couldn't identify it exactly yep, so I saw a ufo so, 99.9% chance it was a satellite <laughs>
0: but <laughs> yeah um, other, yeah other than that no so all right, we'll move on.
1: <laughs> are you gonna, I like for these next episode we we're recording and ask me the same question? Like, guess because it'll be episode yeah, ten.
0: <laughs> absolutely, just oh. in case something's crept in in the meantime. Yeah, or, something
1: may paranormal may happen
0: in yeah. the next sort of an hour or so. We record the next one. I'm gonna jump into the hypothetical. Okay, let's do this. Um, so, uh, where is it? It's written down here somewhere. So, oh no, they've they've disappeared. Oh no. off of my sheet so i'll pad for a bit no actually i'll just remember it so um the, the hypothetical is um you find a time travel device which um is kind of like a concession card right you punch out each of the numbers until you run out
1: like of an old-fashioned concession card like where you yep. actually punch a hole in the card itself
0: for whatever reason, you know that um, there's one trip left. Like a bus pass, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, um, do you go anywhere? If so, where? It's a, Knowing that it's a one-way trip. You've only got one trip left. So you can go to any time. Do we, I can go there and come back? Or is it a one-way trip? It's a one-way trip. So I can't come back? Nope. Ooh. <laughs> so, so do you go that's anywhere? That's a good
1: point. Um, so I'm thinking, like if I if, I, if it's gonna be a one way trip, I'd, do I do I need to go and try and stop a horrible event from happening?
0: You could. Yep, you could. Doesn't say you have so like to. in that
1: Stephen King book that I read, and then later became the miniseries where he goes back in time and tries to stop JFK's assassination. Do you know
0: that for some reason that story came up on Saturday night when I was talking to some people? Really? The Stephen King book specifically. Really? Yep. yep. We were talking about it. But anyway, ah. yep, you could do that because I mean that's the kind of like that's <clears throat> I mean,
1: it's obviously different. Like, he can go and go back to like. Like 1961 one yeah. or something and has been enough to live in that time, but still has the whole method is I'm gonna go back I can go back in time to a period and then I will live in that period or will, I will I'll be in that period and, and try and stop a major catastrophe happening. like the first thing that comes to mind is like do you stop World War two from happening mm. yeah, but is because like if, if could I actually do that yeah like you know, and that's like, where you
0: start getting into those scenarios of if you killed Hitler, would someone else have just done it? Yeah, exactly.
1: And yeah. also, you know, yeah, what if, if that? What I mean, what are the consequences of? Could the consequences actually be worse then? Yeah. Like maybe because of that, um, more crazy stuff happens and nuclear war happens because of at some point because mm-hmm. something else, some other history event. Because that's my concern that like you made. That may have. I mean, that's a horrible thing that happened. But could something more horrible or equally as horrible still happen because of that? Because I guess those ideas were maybe still out there. And that do I stop World War One from happening? Because <laughs> World, World War Two happened because of World War One, effectively. Mm-hmm. So do I stop Archduke Franz Ferdinand from being assassinated? <laughs> yep. But then I have to live. I have to go back in time to
0: and like, live from the what early 1900s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd still probably live to till we were you know, in school. You'd still be alive when we when we were in school. But yeah. What if, Assuming you live that long.
1: Um <clears throat> if I go back in time and I am lot so if I go say I say I want to go back and I say I did something in my life a couple of years ago that I wanted to undo, mm. I went back in time two years. Yeah. Are there two of me in existence then? Is that how it works? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, yes. Yes there is. So I could go back in time and theoretically date myself.
0: <laughs> theoretically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then that person you're dating would would eventually Oh no the well that depends on what the rules are. Would they then get to the point where they went back in time and
1: Yeah. Well, what if as a cuz I was saying what if I go back in time? What if I did this and then go back and I decide to say I'm going to go back in time 2 days and tell myself not to go back in time?
0: <laughs> there you go. What well then happens you'd know then? that by then. Surely.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean your your options are to stop something cataclysmic yeah. happening or you can jump forward see what see where we get to. And and let's say let's say tomorrow the human race is wiped out, you could jump to a month from now, where there may be some stragglers or survivors and repopulate the earth.
1: Yeah, but I'm not sure if I can repopulate the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that takes something that I don't <laughs> do. <laughs>
0: um. For the human race to survive. Oh, but... Anyway, um... You could go even further to when, I don't know, just billions of years from now, maybe there isn't an Earth. That's... I was thinking, like, like I assume <clears throat> my lifespan will be,
1: if I live a normal life, 80-something years. hmm So I could shoot, like, 60 years into the future. Yep. And then I can, like, live the... <clears throat> you know, live, live, actually get to live in the future. Yep. Mm. And (laughs) yeah. So, like, effectively, I die and then I arrive again.
0: Yep. That's it. Well, well,
1: no, I I would have died, but I instead, I'm like, I'm gonna like everyone I know disappears and I reappear again.
0: Well, no, I guess if you
1: jump out of this time, though, you disappear. Yeah, no, yeah, no, i have gone. But, yeah. like, then, like, effectively, like, everyone in the time, the, the, effectively within the time scale that I am currently living in, yeah. like you, for example, yeah. Yeah. dies. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. To, Specifically, <laughs> sorry to I, I die. Down here, Yeah. But, like, all those people on that timescale die. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, right, I arrive again. I'm like, right, so I feel I'm starting afresh. No one knows who I am. Mm. So, I mean, I could just go somewhere else in the world, too.
0: Unless the lizard people still had, like queen elizabeth in charge or whatever
1: yeah living <laughs> a long time makes you think the question about what's actually going on
0: <laughs> um, but yeah effectively but the thing with that is it's an unknown like when you're going backwards you can look through history books to see kind of what what was happening because that's where you can
1: like that um stephen King but you can take uh a something back in time like uh, a lot of results or a gambling results mm. and
0: Sports almanac. Yep.
1: Yeah. And maybe make a bit of money for yourself and live quite comfortably through the nineteen seventies and eighties. Yeah. But that's very selfish of my to to do that. Um I might think about going to the future. Yep. Okay. But um yeah, I think I think if I were trying to go back and maybe undo a historical event, I would completely balls it up.
0: <laughs> it's just through lack of faith in yourself you yeah, decide to not, not bother. I wouldn't do very well. I mean I wouldn't do a good job of it. <laughs> well the other thing is like you could you could say, I'm not gonna go and prevent um the assassination of JFK, but I wanna go watch it. Oh <laughs> You know, like oh, you just yeah. pick a pick an amazing moment, say Um you could just be hiding in the bushes as um, people settle New Zealand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a long way.
0: Yeah, but well, then I guess you'd have to live there. Yeah, I would.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm so, I think like in the previous episodes we've, we've come through because I'm such a homely person
0: that I would <laughs> you be just like, just want to stick around and pay your mortgage off. <laughs> <laughs> that i would
1: that i would just like i would disappear then I would, I would get really homesick and be like i just want to go
0: back and say, there's
1: absolutely no way i could go back
0: what if you got to the future and the bank was like what the hell you haven't made any mortgage payments for 100 years now your mortgage is just compounded and you are so much more money <laughs> <laughs> so you just made it all worse like, but i'm a time traveler do, do, do a time traveler's discount well then they just say prove it um, and like, you've run out of time travel on your concession card and you're done I'd show I'd show you the concession card <laughs> I'd be mean, like look I'm full up <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah I think I would think about my initial thoughts would be okay try and write a an historical wrong mm-hmm. realise I would either balls it up make a horrible <laughs> mistake do something terrible make it worse yeah by actually creating the consequence of doing this is that they actually having something worse yeah like, okay probably we'll do that do I want to go to the future mm. Nah. <laughs> I would love to go to the future or the past, but I think I need to be able to come back because I don't know <laughs> if I am ready to make that commitment. So are you saying that you just wouldn't? No, I don't think I would. Would you? Um
0: can you take someone, think about it. So can
1: you take someone with you?
0: Hang on. Hypotheticals don't come back on me. Can you take it's someone with you? That's not how
1: works. If I'm holding someone's hand, do they come with me? No. So you're saying you'd leave your wife. I didn't say that. You, you, I said hypotheticals you said, don't come back on me. You thought about it. <laughs> 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 I, I would love to do it, but I don't know if I would do it with no return. If it was a one-way trip, I probably would be on the side of no. <laughs> cool. Just got to pay your mortgage, I guess. Well, even mean, oh, you bought the mortgage into this. <laughs> Mine's the, I'm a homely person. It's more like I'd lose everybody around me. It's like your friends and family. Everyone would disappear. Like you I always
0: find around. an interesting thing with um, time travel is if you did have a device and you press a button right now and say, all right, I'm going back to 1955, the 1955 in your head is probably in America. It you're is. pressing the button in New Zealand. <laughs> You would just be in 1955 in New Zealand,
1: which would seem like 1945 yeah. in our heads because it, yeah. it took a long time for things to get here. We're very, <laughs> yeah, very exactly. basic. We're, very, we're basic bitches in this. But say world. you
0: say you wanted to um, wanted to say wipe out Hitler. So in your head, um, you're making that leap that if I get rid of Hitler, I'm stopping World War Two. You then have to travel to Germany, then go back in time, or. Go back in time and then try and travel to Germany. On the yeah. Way. So if I
1: go back in time, so when when is the optimum time to wipe out Hitler? Like, what age do you think he's? As a no baby? Do I have no idea. You kill a baby? Idea. I don't think i can kill a baby or a child.
0: <laughs> I'd have to always right. lose
1: he's a teenager, I think. Well, they're like eighteen, nineteen. I think I could you kill him from a car or
0: something. <laughs> yeah, I
1: could kill him from nineteen, because even though... Like, I think killing Hitler as a baby would still seem quite cruel, and
0: killing Hitler as like an eleven-year-old still pretty bad. Just get in a fight with him. Well, that's the other thing. You do kill him. That effectively means you've got to suffer the consequences of killing someone, so you're going to go to jail or oh, something. Oh, I wouldn't get caught. I'm <laughs> a freaking time traveller.
1: Amazing. <laughs> no, you're
0: not. By that stage, you're not. I'm still a time traveller. You previously were. Formerly
1: known as a time traveller. <laughs> exactly. Meaning... Now I'm an inhabitant of, say, 1916. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alright, we'll leave that there. <clears throat> so I'd probably kill him at 19.
0: Okay. Just, how would you do it?
1: Um... Um, I, w- I, I would not like to see blood. I want to see blood. Uh,
0: Suffocate? Um, I'd, I'd like to find some sort of poison. Just get a hitman. Why wouldn't you just get a hitman? They can do it. You just organise it. Where's my money coming from for this? I'll pay this in there. Uh, boss, <laughs> It's like I can't take. I can't even
1: take money back with me. I hate to get gold.
0: Get some hot points.
1: Maybe I'll get some gold. i have changed to ear points, though. Yeah. <laughs> that won't be much use in the early 1900s. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. So, you, long story short, you'd either not go, or you'd go and kill a, heen- a heenage, teenage Hitler.
1: Yeah. Well, teenage 19, like 19. <laughs> teenage...
0: I know, Don't know why like... I needed to be corrected well, there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, people could think maybe, like, 13, 14. I'm like, no, 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 19. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay for some reason that's important to me yeah, I, don't know why. yeah. No, I wouldn't kill a 13 year old a 19 year old <laughs> however. <laughs> all right so let's uh let's move on um i have in my hand because i'm holding my screen a another uh, um listener email so this is our second listener email so that's two out of eleven it makes it it's pretty yeah, good pretty good rate.
1: So carry that to two <laughs> up to two then.
0: So this is one um from somebody um in Christchurch, um who has sent in an email around one of the experiences they had. You gonna do a plug? Um sure. We did last time, I say last week, we did an episode 8, talked, yeah. about, talked about this.
1: It's been multiple episodes since that episode
0: 8. Yeah. VeggieBurgerReview.com. VeggieBurgerReview.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I read the uh, Halloumi one today. Did you? Yeah. When Good. I was sitting on the toilet, <laughs> thinking of something to do.
0: So the... Um, I'm
1: very hungry.
0: The brains behind the VeggieBurgerReview.com has sent us in an email... Um, I guess as paybacksies for me writing a veggie burger review for his review blog um, about some creepiness uh, from a house when he was growing up. So I'm just going to read through it. Um, We're probably running (laughs) running a little bit long so far. I'm trying to figure out what age to kill Hitler at. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Nineteen. (laughs) Nineteen. All right. So um, the email reads, In 1990-something we had made a big move from Auckland to Christchurch, so that's from the top of the North Island to middle of the South Island of New Zealand.
1: Oh, I know that. <laughs>
0: um, I was a couple of tree trunk rings shy of ten, so about eight, <laughs> <laughs> and a pretty wide-eyed yet timid boy. After staying with family for some months while sitting and in... Sorry, I've just got to get this right. After staying with family for some months while settling into southern life, we were finally able to find our own place to rent in the quiet little suburb of Opawa. From our first night in our riverside bungalow, something seemed a little off. The strange feeling of being somewhere new combined with eerie quiet and Christchurch winter darkness increased our sensitivity to anything odd. So moved house and um, things feel strange. Mum said she had a strange feeling in the house, so of course that got the ghost stories and excitement brewing. We were sitting in the lounge tucking into some fish and chips after a long day of moving for whatever reason. No veggie burger
1: at that point, I wonder.
0: (laughs) I don't know how long he's been vegetarian, actually. I think he's been vegetarian since he's probably 10-ish. Oh, probably this has probably been the last he might kind have had of a double meat, meat burger with bacon and cheese <laughs> yeah. before we went to the, the, the veggie one. Yeah. I could I could be wrong, but I, I think I remember him saying it was around... Follow up with him about he was 80. eating a veggie burger at this time. <laughs> Leave that, yeah, we'll put that no
1: note there, please. Yeah,
0: yeah I have a feeling I asked him... Um, and he said something around the age of 13. I could be wrong. He'll let us know. But again, as a veg-o, I would still say
1: I'll, have, I'll get fish and chips. I'm not having the fish. I'm having the chips, maybe a veggie burger, maybe more yeah. like,
0: like... I mean, fish and chips doesn't mean you're having fish and no. chips here. It just means you're buying food from a fish and chip shop. Potato frits is probably... <laughs> potato fritter. Yeah. Potato cake, they call them in Australia. Yeah, I might
1: start a Tato fritter review. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, we were sitting in the lounge, tucking into some fish and chips. It had been a long day moving for whatever reason. We weren't quite sitting in the middle of the lounge. This was lucky because partway through our meal, a large dome shaped glass light shade in the center of the room, sullenly dropped from the ceiling and smashed on the ground right next to us. So on moving day, they've talked about it feeling airy and, um, started, uh, you know, uh, talks about that strange feeling of being somewhere new combined with an airy quiet. Enough for, the, for his mother to mention it. Mm. Um, and then...
1: And also, also I guess, um, like, back on the fish and chips, great kind of moving day cuisine. Like, you've got <laughs> plates, everything all packed up, spread it out on the floor, squirt yep. a little sauce down, <laughs> dunk
0: and you're just happy. Laughing. <laughs> Uh, over the months, we forgot about the first night and went about making this our home. There was always a feeling of being watched, especially from the hallway into the bedrooms. If you turned, turned your head out of the corner of your eye, um, you'd swear something would move, catching a glimpse of something that wasn't there. This feeling remained for the entire time we lived at the house. So that's a general eeriness that... Um, uh, that listener, Sagittarius, mm. uh, mentioned in one of our earlier episodes as well. Ooh. Just that. Just. <laughs> Making grunty <laughs> agreement <Sorry>. voices. <laughs> um, as we got more adventurous, my brother and I dug around in the garage, uncovering a doorway in the back of the shed to a small workshop. In this small room, there were a bunch of tools, bottled various liquids and piles of boxes filled with all sorts of assorted garage junk. The room was a stone polishing workshop. Polish and stones were all over the place, like small treasures to discover. The garage was by far the spookiest place on the property. I never went in there alone and if I did, all of the doors were open. So even uh even as time went on, they just kind of worked around <laughs> worked around the spooky feeling. So not um not uh staying away from certain rooms, but like not going in alone and all of that is kind of just Lends itself to that creepy vibe one day I was digging digging around and uncovered a very detailed original portrait drawing. It looked like chalk or a very dark pencil i took it took it inside and showed Mum. We both thought it was clearly a man with military clothing on. I was told to put it back where I'd found it, as it was in the possessions of the owner, as it was the possessions of the owner of the property, so obviously they were renting here and yes. found some stuff. Sometime later, Mum had been talking with our landlord and found out that the previous owner was an ex-military veteran. He had a stone polishing hobby. (laughs) He was also a sketch artist who drew drew pictures in the war. Um, He died in the house, which is like, hmm, straight away. Um, He had been injured at some point in his life, most likely during the war, and was blinded. The picture was most likely a self-portrait drawn after the war. As the years went by in the house, we still felt that airy presence. Weird things would happen in the house often, and we stopped visiting the workshop out the back of the garage. Um, Strangely, as a young lad, I remember hearing noises coming from that room. Perhaps it was my imagination, but it always felt as though another spirit was there pottering away, knocking over bottles or polishing up rocks. Mm. Thus ends the email.
1: Ooh. Right. So <laughs> that's that uncomfortable feeling.
0: Yeah, so other than the um the light hitting the floor, there's no no like um big time incident. It's just that general uneasiness that you have that whole time, which I think is interesting. Um, along with things like um possibly seeing things out of the corner of your eye yep. and things like that. Um, yeah. So thoughts? That-
1: I because I, I think that that feeling is it's probably something that's um once you once you've experienced it it's it's probably I mean probably different when you, when you sort of uh, I guess trying to put yourself in the person's shoes but I I've never had that feeling before on masse. I mean there have been the odd time where you sort of feel uneasy and like someone has been someone is maybe watching you or that sort mm. of feeling and it's a horrible feeling mm. I don't quite understand where that comes from within whether it's just a hunch or a mm. um, or whether it's actually, you know, there is some a way for you to perceive that something mm. curious and out of the norm is actually happening and that there is some... I mean, I've never had that feeling um, or haven't had that feeling for a very long time, but it's a horrible feeling to have. Mm. Um, and it's a very real feeling. Yeah. And to feel it all the time is very unusual too. Probably the odd time I've felt it have been... You just you know, kind of move on and put it... But yeah, put it, exactly, yeah but it, exactly. it disappears.
0: But to have that all the time <clears> and... Over a number of years, by the sounds of it, when he was living in the house. Yeah. Yeah, odd. All right, I'll jump into the next story. Cool. Um, So, if we've worked this out correctly, Tony did last week's, Mm -hmm. and now we're back to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Though, if if that's not the case, you're welcome. Um, All right, so, have you heard of the Enfield Poltergeist? negative all right i'm always um more into it (laughs) when you haven't heard of one (laughs) (laughs) otherwise i'm just telling you everything you already know okay so i found i was looking around um for information on the enfield poltergeist and came across um, a few pages on it but ultimately landed on one that tells the story possibly a little bit um more dramatically than say just logically listing facts but i think it's um it's quite a good read so i'm just going to read through this article from the daily mail about the infield poltergeist all right ready do it the rasping male voice sent a chill through the room hauntingly it delivered a message from beyond the grave describing in graphic detail the moment of death Just before I died, I went blind. Then I had a hemorrhage and fell asleep and died in the chair in the corner downstairs, said the voice. Um, Apparently this voice can still be heard on audio tapes today. Um, Oh, there's
1: a wee shiver going down. Oh, (laughs) back.
0: The recording was made in Enfield, North London in the 70s, several years after... um, after Bill Wilkins' death, the voice is to, believed to be that of Bill Wilkins. Uh, most horrifying of all, um, the voice was coming from the body of an 11-year-old girl, Janet Hodgson. She appeared to be possessed. It could have been a scene from the film The Exorcist, but it was real. Oh. What was going on? This was the case of the Enfield poltergeist which held the nation spellbound 30 years ago. 30? more than 30 years ago (laughs) i've
1: had to do it on my story to adjust it 10 years based on the fact that it was (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: puzzled policemen psychics and experts in the occult and hardened reporters alike Um, uh, it involved levitation furniture being moved through the air and flying objects swirling towards witnesses there were cold breezes physical assaults graffiti water appearing on the floor and even claims of matches spontaneously bursting into flame. A policewoman even signed an affidavit that she had seen a chair move. There were more than 30 witnesses to the strange incidents. Most inexplicably, the young girl at the centre of the event seemingly acted acted as a mouthpiece for Bill Wilkins, a foul-mouthed, grumpy old man who had died in the house many years before. His son contacted investigators to confirm the details of the story. The events unfolded for more than a year behind the door of an ordinary looking semi-detached council house on a suburban street filled with similar houses, and left those they touched permanently scarred. Naturally, many questioned whether it was all a hoax, but no explanation other than that other than the paranormal has ever been convincingly put forward. <clears throat> Uh, the story, as the Hodgson family told it, begins in 1977. Peggy Hodgson was unusual at the time in that she was single mother to four children, Margaret, Janet, Johnny, and Billy, having split from their father. It was the e- evening of August 30th, 1977, and Mrs. Hodgson was keen to get her child children into bed. She heard Janet complaining from upstairs, and her and her brother's beds were wobbling. Oh, that her and her brother's beds were, were wobbling. Wobbling? Yeah. Ew. Okay. That's creepy, eh? It is. Mrs. Hodgson told her daughter to stop mucking around. The following evening, however, there was an altogether more bizarre disturbance. Hodgson, Mrs. Hodgson heard a crash from upstairs. Um, she was cross. She went upstairs to tell her children to settle down. Entering the bedroom with Janet Starsky and Hutch posters on the wall, <laughs> Mrs. Hodgson saw the chest of drawers move. She pushed it back, found that it was being propelled towards the door by an invisible force. It seemed as if some supernatural presence was trying to trap the family in the room with a heavy oak chest. Ah,
1: okay, right. <laughs> and they're
0: not easy to move, are they? No, they're heavy oak chests yeah. after all. Many years later, Janet would tell a Channel 4 documentary. It started in a back bedroom. The chest of drawers moved and you could hear shuffling. Mum said, I want you to pack it in. We told her what was going on. She came to see it for herself. She saw the chest of drawers moving. When she tried to push it back, she couldn't. Um, Janet's sister, Margaret, then explained how the activity increased. There were strange little noises in the house. You couldn't make out what was going on. None of us... (laughs) Typo. None of us got slept. <laughs> we put on our dressing gowns and slippers and went next door. The family appealed for help from their neighbours, Vic and Peggy in Nottingham. Uh, Vic, a builder, went to investigate. He said, "I went in there and to couldn't be fair make though, out. he's a
1: builder. What's he going to do? Yeah. Like, I guess he could hammer the <laughs> heavy oak chest down." But... Yeah. Come on, mate. I went
0: in there and I couldn't make out these noises. There was a knocking on the wall in the bedroom, on the ceiling. I was beginning to get a bit frightened. Uh, and that's
1: going
0: from a adds, builder, one of the you know the least frightened you know, tradies <laughs> <that there are. laughs> Margaret adds um he said I don't I don't know what to do. I'd never seen a big lip man like that looking scared. The Hodgsons called the police who proved to be similarly mystified. Um, WPC Carolyn Heaps saw a chair move. She said at the time a large armchair moved unassisted four feet across the floor. She inspected the chair for hidden wires but could find no explanation for what she had seen. Eventually the officers left, telling the family that the incidents were not a police matter as they couldn't find anyone breaking the law. <laughs> She's pretty quick to wash their hands of it. <laughs> Next, the Hodgsons contacted the press. Daily Mirror photographer Graham Morris, who visited the house, says it was chaos. Things started flying around. People were screaming. Some of the events were captured on camera and the images are disturbing. One shows Janet's elfin form apparently being thrown across the room, and others her face is distorted in pain. The BBC went to the house, but the crew found the metal components in their tape equipment had been twisted and recordings erased. Next, the family sought help from the Society for Physical Research. It sent investigators Maurice Gross and Guy Lyon, a poltergeist expert who subsequently wrote a book, This House is Haunted about the affair <laughs> so it's really original Amazon? yeah jump in um, I'll just carry on while you do that yeah. Um, so yeah another original title by one of these people the author Will Storr spoke to Gross who has since who has since died when researching his own book Will Store versus the Supernatural which also features the case Gross told him as soon as I got there I realised that the case was real because the family was in a bad state everybody was in chaos when I first got there, nothing happened for a while. Then I experienced Lego pieces flying across the room and marbles. They, and the extraordinary thing was, when you picked them up, they were hot. So I was warming up children's toys. Uh, 1697. 16 dollars Interesting. $16.97? Yep. New Zealand uh, dollars? Yep. All right.
1: Uh, four
0: star. Oh, interesting. I was standing in the kitchen and a t-shirt leapt off the table and flew to the other side of the room while I was standing next to it. The investigators found themselves caught in a maelstrom of physical activity with every poltergeist trick thrown at them. Sofas levitated, furniture spun around and was flung across the room and the family would be held out of their beds at night. Ugh. I'm surprised they're still staying there, like. <laughs> uh, my scroll stopped working. One day Maurice and a visiting neighbour found one of the children shouting, I can't move, it's holding my leg. They had to wrestle the child from what all involved insisted on uh, was the grip of invisible hands. Uh, Somewhat paranormally there, my computer just froze. I can't scroll anymore.
1: Oh, no. And do you feel the grip of a paranormal? I do not. I still have a few paragraphs, so let's see if it comes right.
0: Yeah. The ongoing knocking was one of the most <clears throat> chilling aspects of the case. It was run down the. Oh, and now it's moved! The scroll just moved. This is pretty spooky if that you can't is. even read an article about it. And a veggie burger
1: just materialized on the side of the iron. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: now trying to find where I'm up to. What's going on with this browser?
1: I'd quite like a a potato fritter and a pineapple ring in the burger. That would be quite nice. Oh, awesome. that's not bad. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Get those two in there.
0: Hmm. I might actually
1: do that. Stephen, I might just get myself a potato fritter and a pineapple ring and just uh, make a wee burg, make some burgs.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: How's those technical issues resolving themselves? It's getting
0: there. It was an extraordinary, I'm just going to go from where it's left me. Yep. <laughs> it was an extraordinary case. It was one of the most recognized cases of paranormal activity in the world. But for me, it was quite daunting. I think it really left its mark. The activities, the newspaper attention, the different people in and out of the house wasn't a normal childhood. I'm assuming we've jumped to the bit where the person who was possessed is talking here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is that
1: builder again because he had you know. she
0: admitted playing with a ouija board with his sister now my, my page has just jumped this is just going crazy this is really odd um, if my house is
1: now haunted because of you <laughs>
0: because of me i mean you're telling the story um as long as people don't meddle The way we did with Ouija boards, it's quite settled. It's a lot calmer than when I was a child. It's at rest, but will always be there. Janet reports that it was a priest's visit to Green Street that resulted in the incidents quietening down in the autumn of 1978, although the occurrences did not stop entirely, with him other continuing to hear noises in the house. Um, Again, um, another person mentioning, um, so this person, Claire Bennett and her four sons moved in after Peggy Hodgson. She says, last week I didn't see anything but I felt uncomfortable. There was definitely some kind of presence in the house. I always felt like someone was looking at me. Her sons would wake in the night, hearing people talking downstairs. Claire then found out about the house's history. Suddenly it all made sense, she said. They moved out after just two months. One of her sons, um, 15, four years away from uh, being slaughtered by Tony.
1: (laughs) No, it's only Hitler.
0: (laughs) I'm saying it's a perfect age. Um, Said, the night before we moved out, I woke up and saw a man come into the room. I ran into mum's room and said, we've got to move. And we did the next day. The house is currently occupied by another family who do not wish to be identified. The mother says simply, I've got children. They don't know about it. I don't want to scare them. (laughs) <laughs> Though cynics may scoff, the story of the Enfield poltergeist has clearly lost none of its frightening power, and continues to wreak havoc on browser windows to this day. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, just skipping back up to some of the other quotes. Now that I can actually scroll on my page, um, Janet would say, "I was bullied at school. They called me Ghost Girl and put crane flies down my back." What's a crane fly? Not sure. Google it. Oh, <laughs> I dread going home. The front door would be open. There'd be people in and out. You didn't know what to expect. And I used to worry a lot about mum. She had a nervous breakdown in the end. I'm not one for living in the past. I want to move on. But it does come to me now and again. I dream about it and it affects me. I think, why did it happen to us? Crane flies are sometimes known as daddy long legs. A term <laughs> used to describe
1: some sort of insect buggy thingy woggies. So we'd say daddy long legs.
0: Oh, it's so, like one of those daddy long legs with wings. Yeah, crane fly all right <clears throat> um so they put them down her dress yeah it's kind of a weird thing to do isn't yeah it's it? kind of horrible yeah also weird <laughs> um so yeah the infield poltergeist is an 11 year an 11 year old girl who levitated um, with witnesses there's actually pictures on the page here do you think she levitated because of all the crane flies inside her dress? Possibly. Here. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's, a it's long, an option. I
0: take a lot of crane flies, but... Here's a picture I'll show you. It's a... Um, I can't put it up on the website, but I can link to the page due to copyright reasons. It's an 11-year-old girl levitating. So, obviously possessed. This is the one that they said had elven features. Um, oh. Just, yeah, just hovering off the ground. It's pretty horrific.
1: It is. And it you is. can
0: see it's that old-timey, like, 70s-looking film. I saw,
1: yeah. I saw that wallpaper is equally horrific.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's... Um, I'll link to the page on yeah. the website so you That's can all really have weird. a look through. Um, and I'll see if there's any um, royalty-free images I can post up as well. Um, we might even check on Instagram, actually. So, yeah. This is the, um, the end of the 11 year old girl's experience
1: but spooky spooky
0: spooky so basically the cops just said um you're on your own there's am. no one here to arrest i
1: guess well they can't really arrest a ghost can they <laughs>
0: no. then the media was in and out every time something happened the kids were being uh, the family was being thrown out of their beds their beds were wobbling chairs were being um uh dragged across the room couches levitated all of these things were seen by people like uh, police people, um, and there was an old man's voice coming out of a small child. Um, and the only thing that quietened it down was a visit by a priest.
1: Would you? I mean, would would a priest be the first person you'd call in this sort of case if this happened to, um, like, if it somehow happened around you?
0: I'd get the recording equipment and say, "This is a damn good episode." Yeah, I'll get that in. <laughs> Someone then, I
1: asked you anything paranormal happened this week? You're like, Yep. Um
0: What pre what if it was happening, who do you who do you call? I would call try and find
1: um some paranormal investigator.
0: Yeah. What about a priest?
1: I don't know. Like I'm not religio, so I well, don't that's
0: the, thing, the other thing is like in small town Christchurch, are there any priests that are trained to handle this? And if they heard about it would they fly in like a specialist priest? I reckon there'd be priests that could deal that would be trained to deal with this. Yeah. In Christ yet. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. reckon this happens way more often than we think it does.
1: Well I think it's a reporter.
0: Find one and we'll talk to them. Alright, I'll do and have a look. <laughs> I've heard of um people burning sage and things in houses to to chill people, till chill spirits out. Um Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um
1: Um Spirit. You're Googling
0: um, spirit people, yeah, priests it. that can uh, help us out. If there's someone in Christchurch, we'd, we'd be um, doing ourselves a disservice not to talk to them. But I, I don't reckon you'll find one.
1: Uh, my So far, I... it <laughs> it's, keeps, it's trying good. to correct spirits to sports. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yep. So priest trained sports Christ Well, that's my point. <laughs> so now I've, I've actually found down to the priest soccer league or something like that, football league <laughs> priests.
0: That's my point though. Like, even if this did happen, how do you know? How do you even contact someone? You know, I you just go I, and knock on the door of the local cathedral. I
1: think you need yeah, and I think they'd usher you into a room and they'd probably talk to you about it and,
0: mm. and bring in a specialist. Yeah, I think there would be.
1: Cool. All right and if not at least you can go play sports with them because it seems to be <laughs> a, a uncovered a great sports
0: league a of cool thus ends my story cool shall Done. we get me some strange mm-hmm. cue the music so this is a segment where um we flip through the 1982 readers digest version of mysteries of the unexplained to a random paranormal story um and read it out. Hopefully, it's one that is not many, many pages long. Tony's flicking now. I will say stop. And hit me with a tidbit.
1: Okay, so um, I know we. It looks like we're in a UFO section. Yep, we are. Cool. There's a surprise coming yep. from you. <laughs> Um, so it was one right here, and since we just talked about it, it happened in the UK, and England. I'll I'll read the one here. I haven't mm-hmm. really, obviously, of course, I haven't delved much into this, but we're gonna jump in. There's actually a photo. It's of, of a policeman. Um, yeah, and the, the story. I say last time, but actually it was like three times ago. Involved UFO. <laughs> story in
0: episode eight. Eight. That
1: was Lonnie Zamora, and now we've got Duty Officer Ridge Toland of the Exeter, New Hampshire. Um, Actually, uh, New Hampshire. That's not England, is
0: it? No, it's not. <laughs> cool story, bro.
1: I just saw Exeter, and I thought, <laughs> uh, yeah. So now it's not. So, okay. I apologize for that. I read Exeter, and I thought, uh, this is this is old. This, this is this is New England, not Old England. <laughs> yeah. Of Exeter, New Hampshire, police station was surprised when a badly frightened young man stumbled into the station at two twenty four a.m. on September three. <laughs> I don't know why I it so hard to say the word 3, 1965. His name was, he's a harder name, Norman Muscarello, and he was almost hysterical. He had been hitchhiking to his home in Exeter when, after crossing the state line into New Hampshire, he suddenly saw a a round object 80 to 90 feet in diameter with flickering red lights around the rim come floating down from the sky toward him. It wobbled, yawed, and hovered overhead, making no sound whatsoever. And Muscarello, afraid it was going to crush him, dove into a ditch beside the road. But the UFO moved slowly away, pausing to hover for a while over one of the two nearby houses, then it abruptly flew off. Muscarello, in a state of panic, hitched a ride, well he's trying to do that anyway, good work, mm-hmm. to the Exeter Police Station, perfect worked out for him in the end. <laughs> yeah. Officer Toland wrote down the account, not knowing what to believe, but being a thorough police officer, he called in a patrol car to investigate. The officer who responded to the call, Eugene Bertrand, told Toland that he had just spoken to a woman in a parked car who was terrified because she had seen a low-flying, large-round object with flashing red lights. Interesting. Independent witnesses. Bertrand drove Moschelo back to the place where the latter had seen the UFO. As they walked across the field, Bertrand, who thought the object reported was just a helicopter, saw it for himself. Whoa. It had returned and was silently hovering ho- hovering, about a 100 feet above the ground. After a few minutes, another patrol car, summoned by radio and driven by David Hunt, arrived. The UFO was still there, and the two officers and Scrello watched as the brilliant red lights flickered on and off in sequence, casting a scarlet glow over the ground. It finally began to move away, stopping at intervals before it rose and disappeared to the east. The UFO was seen not only by Moscrello and the two police officers, but also several other people in the Exeter area, and also reported having observed what was seemingly the same object. The case was investigated by the Air Force, but was never explained in terms of natural phenomenon
0: or known ever. Interesting. Right. Sorry everyone's ears. (laughs) (laughs) Including my own. (laughs) All right, so we got a um UFO story from you again. Oh, uh <laughs> uh read so lights good. seen by multiple witnesses. Yeah. Even to the point where they could call in other people to say come and look at this. Oh like, oh hey, um
1: there's lights and they're like, Oh, I've seen lights before, like, no 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 no. Stereous lights.
0: <laughs> and they all came. The interesting thing I I find with UFO stories is, um uh, I mean, I know you I know you and and probably just odds are that there's um other intelligent life and some of these um things are not of this earth yeah uh-huh. but there's also an interesting thing of the whole like idea of the secret machines where some of the things are yes. and it's always interesting to kind of um,
1: uh, it has to be an absolute mix yeah but like sometimes when you see things like that if it was humans doing it why would they do it over a populated area mm. and if it's extraterrestrials doing it why would they do it over a populated area like surely they wouldn't do that like it seems regardless if it's humans or extraterrestrial
0: it seems a bit dumb then what was it and, and why well, were they doing it well I was mean, that's the I thing, s- thing I guess is why
1: because maybe they must think... I mean, it could be that if they think if it, if it's beings that are superior to us, they're like, oh, well, we, nothing they can do can touch us. We yeah. can go wherever we want. Okay, they may see it, so what? They, everyone thinks they're nuts anyway for making it happen. Yeah, yeah. And if they do see it, what's the big deal? Like, we're not going to... We don't want to go and be highly publicised mm. because I don't think we want to cause mass panic. Mm. But a few people are going to observe it. Eh, we'll, cut the, we'll take that risk. Well, the
0: other thing is it could be a uh, government thing where it's like, we'll do it over a populated area to see how the reaction is yeah you know like um they know they're going to get seen and they're waiting to see how all of the um uh reports are handled you know as far as the public goes to see if they're ready for Not to see if they're ready but to see if uh, i mean there's there's theories that um that you know aliens and pop culture uh Um, a construct of governments trying to kind of um, uh, weed things out or label them as crazy, I mean it'd be a good test to see if your um, constructs are working to just do that. That's right, because I guess
1: when you're testing machines like this around the place anyway, and even if they are a bit more secret and people see them um, anyone who reports it is maybe they're either too afraid to report it because they think people are going to call them nutty batty
0: yeah, weirdos. Oh, it would be just a matter of seeing how it gets swallowed up yeah. and forgotten about. Hey, but this is a safe place. If you've seen something, it's <laughs> you can come to us. Yeah, we yeah. don't have to yeah. read your name out. You we don't. We don't. We
1: don't judge. Another star sign. We'll welcome you with virtual hugs and, <laughs> and with open arms, and yeah, we'll give you a link. You know, we'll tell you about veggie burgers as well. <laughs> that's a like real those, theme huh? on this one. There is. <clears throat> All right. Um, and if you think you've got a better age to assassinate Hitler, let us know.
0: This episode was brought to you by Veggie Burger Reviews. It was. Um, Simon, I'll send you an invoice. Um. Yeah, and um, Mein Kampf, Hitler's book, <laughs> which I believe is back
1: in publication.
0: Which, in a way, you were allowed to be written. Because um, you didn't kill him by then. No,
1: I don't think he wrote that till he was in his 20s. When he was in jail, when did That's he? That's right.
0: Mein Kampf. So he's, he, you allowed him to write it because you let him live after the age of 19, older than the age of 19, when you think about it. Um, you can get a copy of mine camp for (laughs) thirty-four ninety nine. Seems still quite pricey. It's in stock. Alright, let's leave it there. Hurry, only two left at this price. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Alright. And on that note, we'll catch you next week. Uh two glue. squeaky chair.